0: Welcome everyone to the gaming couch. Be it video games, card games, or board games, we'll have a good time playing. So come and join me on the couch. This is your host, Smart Boy. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back. I'd say, you know, the past most I'm just gonna call it season one was about various components of games and stuff like that. And then, you know, I know I've mentioned this before in previous updates and episodes. So now moving forward, I think now we can officially say season two, I guess, to separate a few things. Because now I want to change gears. So instead of focusing on some element and then the games tied to that element, I want to talk about the games themselves now. And that's not just the games already spoken about, like, you know, different games, the history of the games or impacts the games had. Just stuff like that. I think now is a good time to hone in on that. So we don't kind of, you know beat a dead horse with stuff we've already talked about. And also, there's been a lot of hype going around this one franchise that I figure is a great place to start with Season 2, and it's something that's I've been close to for a very long time, and that is Super Smash Brothers. I cannot, I'm not even going to try to do the whole, like, awesome shout opening that they had in the original in Melee. I just, I'm going to rip my throat out, it's going to sound terrible, and you're all going to hate me for it. So I'll just stick to my normal voice for it. Now, Super Smash Bros., I'm sure everyone's heard of it. Things have been around since 1999, it's been one of Nintendo's greatest selling series ever since then. And now, coming up December of this year, 2018, we will have the next installment. And I think there's a lot that's going into it. Now, this is just my opinion, my thought, theories, whatever you want to call it. They could, you know, the guys over Nintendo could be doing this for a different reason, but I'm going to kind of look over what Super Smash Bros. has done in the past and what I think that means for Ultimate, for their newest addition in the franchise, where it came from, essentially. So let's rewind way, way, way back to 1999 when it was first released. Now, cool little note to talk about Smash Bros. I'm not sure if everyone knows this, but it wasn't even supposed to be Smash Bros. in the first place. Originally it was a different fighting game with a different title that they actually decided they were gonna call. I just had it. Where was it? Damn, yeah, why can't I find it? I had it written down, and now I lost it. Go figure. Okay, so I'm not gonna worry about the official title. But it started out as just a normal average one-in-the-mill fighting game that was being made by Nintendo, and then when they partnered up with Hal, everyone's like, hold up, how about this crazy idea? Instead of it just being another fighting game, let's make it Nintendo characters instead. And that's that's that pretty much. It, essentially, Smash Bros. Sargis is a little pet project of just two guys at Nintendo, and then a prototype was created, and they went further and further with Hal and put in all their big names, and next thing we know, it was a huge fighting game. And there's a lot that kind of goes around how it was created so first off it wasn't even supposed to be a western release it was originally just japan only they were the only ones that got to play around with smash bros it became such a big hit over there they decided let's go worldwide with it and release it across the globe for all nintendo and that was probably the best damn move they could ever make now, Smash Bros., for any of you who had an N64 or had a friend who had an N64, who had played any Nintendo games, probably had Super Smash Bros. on the roster. At some point, you probably played that game. I think it was amazing because it was – I think it was ahead of its time in two ways. First off, it was a fighting game, yes, but it added another dimension. So the fighting games of the time were usually like those 2D fighters, you know, like SoCal kind of had that third edition of movement. It was 2D in the sense that it was, you hit the other person, you back up, like, there's a lot of, like left and right movement, and you just deplete their health bar by hitting them back and forth. That was it. Like, that was the extent of the fighting. Super Smash Bros. comes in with essentially a third dimension. Now you have to worry about going down. So before, with the exception of a few games that might have had a ring out or a stage that had a ring out potential, it was mostly that. It was just, like, you move left and right to try and hit your opponent and do combos, And just get rid of the health bar. But Smash Bros. now says there is no health bar. It's just a percentage. And now you have to worry about flying off the stage. Or falling down below the stage. Because 90% of the stages in the Smash Bros. series have that pit. Where if you get knocked off, you'll start to fall down. If you don't get killed off the side of the screen. Or off the top of the screen. So now you have all this stuff you're worrying about. And you can get hit all you want. As long as you can stay on the stage, you're fine. You can be at 400%. Which essentially means... A very basic attack will send you flying halfway across the screen, but you can still make it. And the other thing it brought in was a unification of Nintendo. You take all these characters, you unify them under one thing. Now, yes, they're all Nintendo IPs, but you never saw them in a game together. So now we have this kind of cornerstone of everything great about Nintendo in one little package. And since it was a fighting game, you didn't have to worry about any... Issues, I guess we could say, with story. You know, when you put Pokemon, mainly just focus on and, or Pikachu and Jigglypuff because they were in the original, and then Legend of Zelda with Link, those are two totally different games telling totally different stories with totally different mechanics. How could those two exist in the same game? Just make it a simple fighting game. And all the characters in there, for the most part, people knew. Like, I remember when I first got Super Smash Bros near the end of the N64 lifespan. I picked it up and I was just amazed cuz I, I booted it up and I'm looking at I'm like I know Mario. I've played Super Mario Bros. I know Link. I've played Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I know Yoshi. I played Yoshi's Story. I know Kirby. I played Kirby 64 the Crystal Shards. I know Pikachu. I played Pokémon. I knew Fox. Never really played Star Fox, but I saw my friends play it, so I knew Fox. The only characters I didn't know right off the bat of the general roster was Samus. I never played a Metroid game. I really knew about the Metroid series when I first booted up Smash Bros. And then after I unlocked all the characters and I saw Ness from you know Earthbound that never really came over to the West. And then Captain Falcon. I never played an F-Zero game. So there's three characters in that roster of 12 that I didn't know. But all the others I was familiar with. And it was just fun. Because... I know all these people, I, like, I don't have to learn anything, like yes, they all have their unique moveset, but I don't have to learn anything about the characters, Like, I know these characters, we're here just to have fun and just kind of celebrate Nintendo, I, I feel like Smash Bros coming out in 1999 was a celebration of the N64 lifespan in the 1990s, it was Nintendo's greatest hits together, and instead of doing like a collectathon where it was, you buy this one game disc and it's a collection of all these different games of all the individual characters, it's like, no, no, no the characters are actually interacting with each other and just beating the crap out of each other. And, of course, the famous commercial they first played of DK, Yoshi, Mario, and Pikachu frolicking through the fields and then just beating the snot out of each other was amazing. It starts there, and then it gets bigger. So I think Nintendo kind of came up with this crazy idea, and it just sparked, and people loved it because it was everything we loved about Nintendo, all these great characters, and we just got to finally, like, you know, see who's the best, pin them against each other. It was just fun. And not much later, you know, you're bringing Melee for the GameCube. And, of course, Melee is held as, like, the greatest Smash Bros. game. I mean, I'm still—I still prefer the original Smash because I, you know, I played it, I grew up with it, and I played plenty of Melee also. It, it, again, I'm the, I'm the nostalgic kind of guy. I have a lot of nostalgia for the original, so I always go back to that as my favorite. But plenty of respect for Melee for what it did, because essentially what Melee did, it took the original formula and just made it bigger. They really didn't change anything. They kept the same idea of the classic, like if you want to do single player and just fight through a bunch of different characters. They kept that. They gave like a little adventure mode kind of thing where everyone, where you play a character through different worlds of different series. There wasn't much connection between the worlds, but it was cool. It was cool to do, just kind of see those universes interacting with one another. And then from there, you know, you've added, they had the event system, which was really cool. So like single player events for challenges. But at the end of the day, it was the same game. It was just you sit down on the couch with a couple friends. You pick your favorite character from Nintendo and beat the shit out of each other. And they introduced a few new characters. You know, they brought in Pichu, which I don't care what people say. I loved it. I actually started playing Pichu once out of a joke. Ended up being my best character in Melee. No joke. And probably is still one of my best Smash Bros. characters across the franchise. Next to, like, you know, Luigi and a couple others. Pichu's pretty pretty high up there. You know, I brought in a couple clones like Ganondorf was essentially a clone of Captain Falcon with a different weight class and everything but same moves that which was a little upsetting brought in young link which is a lighter more agile link but still that we had we had a few more options and there was a little more love like we saw Mr. Game & Watch who didn't exist for the longest time because that was way back when with the Mr. Game & Watch series little portable games so there's there's some history being brought in with characters you can play, and history being brought in with the trophy system they introduced, where you can get various trophies of characters from different Nintendo games. A lot of the characters weren't even in Smash Bros, and a lot of them were from, like, the Detective series and other games that essentially were just released in Japan. We now get to kind of learn about them, and then that's also where Fire Emblem came in. Considering Fire Emblem back then really didn't touch the Western states, when you see Martha and Roy, it's like, wait, who are these two? you get their trophies, you read about them, you get trophies from other characters in Fire Emblem when you read about them, and the next thing you know, Western culture's loving it, and we get to kind of bring in more Fire Emblem games over here for Western release. So Melee kind of opened up the floodgates of Nintendo history. It's like, hey, look at all this stuff that we made, you know, that Nintendo's made over the years that you might not know, because either you're, you know, your six-year-old kid who's first experienced Smash Bros. is Melee, or you're a kid who experienced Smash Bros., on the 64, but you were, again, you were like four or five at the time, so you really didn't have any prior experience with video games. So now you get to see what Nintendo has to offer beyond just this series and other things they have. So again, Melee still acts as that celebration, like Smash Bros. was that celebration of the N64 golden era, and then coming out early GameCube with Melee, just celebrated Nintendo in general, celebrating what they've done in the past, and then launching the GameCube into the spotlight saying, hey, check out this new system we made, check out this awesome game we made for it that we know you love on the 64, we just put more stuff on it. It's a celebration. That that's really, I think, mainly was the peak, was the peak of that celebration of what Nintendo had to offer. And people ate it up. They just ate it up. And so did I. And I still remember the times of me and my friends sitting down, you know, we did it for Smash 64 play for a couple hours, beat the crap out of each other, then even Melee, we did it. Hell, I got to college and we still played it. Like, you know, we were always playing Melee. Just because of the bigger roster and a lot of people that I know, like a lot of my friends who started playing Melee, they never experienced an N64 before. It's like, what is this controller? They didn't understand the controller. The lag and the attacks and everything, the blocky images and the hitboxes were off and everything. They weren't used to it, so that's why we played Melee. And that's why I still play Melee, even though I prefer the original. It's just with of like, one friend who still lives nearby, there's no one I know close to me that played the 64 version. So I celebrate with Melee. And a lot of people still celebrate with Melee with everything that's done. After Melee is where we kind of get this weird, not issue, but th- this, this weird moment I feel in history. Melee's done. Move on to the Wii. And of course, now at this point, it's almost expected that Nintendo releases a Smash Bros. game with each console they release. So when they released the Wii, we eagerly wait to see, oh, what are we going to get here? What's the next Smash Bros. game going to look like? And so they came out with Brawl. Okay, a lot of stuff goes on with Brawl. Like, you know, people like it, people hate it. There's a lot of mixed feelings about it. For me, at least, I respect it in regards of it's the last uniquely named game. They Well, now Ultimate, but at the time, it was still uniquely named because after that, one, when they moved on to Smash 4, they just called it Super Smash Bros. for the Wii U. Like, come on, where's the creative name of it? Melee, Brawl, what's the next big title we can use for fighting? So Brawl still had, like, that appeal of, like, what it is. It's just everyone coming together, beat the shit out of each other. It's a Brawl. It, the name fit for the game. And the game was still expanding on just Nintendo. You know, we added in a few more characters. We still got some more clones. I mean, you know, you had Fox, Falco, and Wolf, who had incredibly similar movesets with just, like, different weight classes and stuff. And a slight variation in how they worked. So like, you know, instead of Falco holding his reflector, he would sh- he would uh, kick it at people. Wolf, instead of doing his illusion straight across, like horizontally, he had a bit of an angle that He would kind of go up while using it. They're, still, they're very similar characters, though. And we lost a few characters. You know, we lost Dr. Mario. We lost Pichu. We lost Young Link. But we got Toon Link. So that was a weird trade-off, you know. We lost Mewtwo, which was terrible. I don't know how you get rid of Mewtwo. Best fucking Pokemon ever. And then we got some new things. And this is where I think Brawl was getting a little too big for his britches. We brought in Snake, and we brought in Sonic. Okay, now, at that point, people who played Brawl most likely played Sonic, had some familiarity with it, and something with Metal Gear Solid had some familiarity with Snake. So it's not like they're bringing in these random characters out of nowhere, they're bringing in characters that people know and people are familiar with, they're just not Nintendo properties. So now Nintendo's kind of opening up the gates a little bit further, so it's not just a celebration of Nintendo, there's a celebration of like, hey, these other characters from your childhood that you might have liked, imagine if they were here, and you get to beat the shit out of them as Mario. Okay, let's, let's look at that. And then Subspace Emissary, which was pretty amazing, where it took that idea of adventure mode from Melee, and actually made it without any words, a narrative, an actual combined world of how the characters exist, and it gives the trophies more meaning besides just history. When the characters die, they turn into trophies, and then they actually built a story off of that. And it was really cool, so that was like the the height for me in Smash Bros. lore, I guess you could call it, was Brawl, because they came up with this idea of yeah, these characters, this is actually a thing that's happening. This is how the characters are able to interact with each other. It was pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed it. And then at least combat-wise, it was, there was a few things they added that Melee didn't have. There's a few things they tweaked, stuff like that. But that happens as, you know, as games are released, they tweak a few things. But of course, being such a big series and a huge franchise and a lot of fans, some people took charge of it. You know, And we got, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it, Project M. Where people like, hey, Brawl is shit. Melee was better. But wait, what if we had all the characters from Brawl? Well, let's make a, a hacked version of it, a modded version of it called Project M. Where we combine the roster of Melee you know, with Brawl so it's a bigger roster. But we keep the mechanics we liked in Melee. Like People started to take control of it as being huge fans of the series and say, well, we don't like what Nintendo did with Brawl. So we're going to do this instead. And part of that was the competition. So Brawl was, with as much as the Wii spotty Wi-Fi and matchmaking system was, they were introducing online multiplayer, so there was more of a competitive scene involved in Brawl. And Melee You know, already introduced that, and there were people doing that. There's still people doing that to this day on the Melee competitive scene. But Project M was kind of the kick in the rear, was saying, Hey, we the fans. Well, we want a more competitive, solid game for Smash Bros. And Brawl isn't good enough, so we're going to make this. And then Project M becomes a big thing, and that's a huge thing in the you know the competitions, and people still go to those competitions and stuff like that. So now we're getting this weird fracture. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to take my my myself, myself and put it in me in Nintendo's shoes. Like, think, what do we do now? We release Brawl, got some backlash. This thing called Project M shows up. What are we going to do about that? People weren't happy with some of the mechanics, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so Nintendo's trying to do what Nintendo does really well, listen to the fans, and try and make something that is in the spirit of that. You know, they try different things here and there, they learn what what works and what doesn't work, and then they fix it, and they change things going forward. You know, they did it with Mario, they did that with Legend of Zelda, they did that with Metroid to an extent. You know, after Other M, they did kind of go back... Kept Metroid on the DL for a little bit and started working on reviving it. So that's what they do. They do kind of revisit things here and there, which I appreciate. So now we move on to Smash 4. And this is where it got interesting. Smash 4 went beyond Nintendo, I feel. You take this great series that, up even in Brawl, with the, addition, with the additions of Sonic and Snake, was still a game series celebrating a great company and celebrating the IPs of the company. And then Smash 4 introduced more characters from Fire Emblem, which is still fine because that's Nintendo property. They had a couple extra in there. Okay, we can work with that. They added in Bayonetta. Okay. But then they looked at Ryu. They looked at Cloud. They started to look at these characters that were never Nintendo-related and started bringing them in. And then that's where I was very hesitant of. I feel like... Smash 4 was trying to appeal too much to the competitive fans. In a way. They changed the mechanics, they changed their fighting style, they made tournaments a bigger thing, they tried to work on the whole matchmaking system to make it more viable for online multiplayer and getting into competitions, things like that. And at least for the character roster, making it more diverse does open up more options for tournaments and competitive play, the one bonus that it had with a bigger roster, as much as they weren't Nintendo IPs, it's kind of like Nintendo trying to, you know, tickle your pickle a little bit of the past of like, hey, you probably played Street Fighter. You know, if you grew up playing Smash Bros., there was a good chance you probably played Street Fighter, you know, similar era. Same thing with Final Fantasy and Cloud. Like, I still remember playing Final Fantasy Seven VII and Eight on the PlayStation alongside playing Super Smash Bros. on the N64. So bringing Cloud, I'm like, oh, that's... It, it's, again, it's that whole thing of, like, that's a character I recognize coming in. And then you have things like Duck Hunt, which is still Nintendo reaching back into the beyond of their past. You know, classic games that you may have never played. And so Duck Hunt's like, okay, who's this character? Oh, okay, he was... It's Doug Hunt that was on the Super Nintendo. It was paired up with Super Smash Bros. originally. You know, yada, yada, yada. It still brings in this idea of what past gaming was like. But it lost, I think it lost its sense of what Smash Bros. was. I never bought a Wii U. I played a bit of Smash 4, but I just couldn't get into it. People were so big. Like The few people I played with were so big. Even casual. Even when I'm playing casual in college, were so big of like, Oh well, that character's not good. Ah, oh, you shouldn't be playing them. Oh, this is a better tier. Well, I don't want to partner with him because he's playing a bad character. Like, who gives a shit? We're here to play as Nintendo characters and beat the shit out of each other. Like that is what that's what Smash Bros was. That was the spirit of Smash Bros originally. And now with Smash Four, people are getting too into the competition and tiering systems and rankings and stuff like that. And it was it was a little heartbreaking for me because like I just want to sit down and have fun. Like I remember playing. 50 Stocks, Super Sun Death, Final Destination on Brawl with two of my good friends, and we had a blast because that's what it was. It was just silly fun of kicking kicking each other's teeth in. And now I couldn't do that anymore because, one, I didn't have a Wii U, so if I was going to play it, I had to play Smash 4 with other people, and those were the people like, we got to do this. And I remember I hosted some tournaments in college because I was an RA at the time and I had to do events, so I hosted a bunch of tournaments and stuff like that for fun, just kind of like hang out with a bunch of people. And I remember sitting down and playing it, and I'm playing Luigi, and I'm finding another guy who's playing Luigi. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun, Luigi versus Luigi. And the guy's just, like, sitting there on the stage, wave dashing or some sort of bullshit. I ended up doing the electric slide on the stage. Like, I'm I'm singing the electric slide and doing the moves in Smash Bros., and I beat the guy's ass. And I'm like, I looked at the guy. I'm like, what the hell happened? He's like, well, I don't know what you were doing. You're like, You were jumping off the stage. I like, what were you doing there? I'm like... I'm just playing the game. I'm just having fun and trying to win. Like I wasn't thinking about, oh, the character's good at this, or oh, this is a good thing to do, or oh, this is this is the technique that everyone does. I was just like, I'm just playing Smash Bros to have fun. I think they, I think Nintendo kind of lost their way with Smash Four. I don't know if it was Nintendo itself, I don't know if it was the fans just themselves, or it was a mix. But somewhere along the lines, I think Smash Four kind of lost its way. And then also bringing in DLC. For the longest time, Nintendo never, never, never touched DLC. I mean, bad enough their matchmaking services with Wi-Fi and online were not the greatest. They never touched content beyond the original purchase. Like, when you bought a Nintendo game, you got the game. They're starting to look into it a little bit more. You know, I know Mario & Rabbids Kingdoms has some DLC. So I know they're starting to think about it a little bit further. But still, the harder Nintendo was, it was this was it. You got the game. And Smash 4 did bring in some DLC stuff. Now, again, I never played it, so I can't tell if it was purchased DLC or not. I'm not entirely sure. But I do know the real bullshit they pulled off was they finally brought back Mewtwo in Smash 4. Only if you bought both copies. We bought a copy for the 3DS and a copy for Wii U. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mewtwo's amazing. An amazing Pokemon. I mean, hell, the Pokemon movie that he was in, he has some of the best quotes in the history of ever. So this is a historical character and just a fun character to play in Melee. And now I need to purchase... Two games to play him again? What is this? I don't know what happened there. I I, I think a lot happened with Smash 4, and I think it will be remembered for that. I think it will be m- remembered just a hiccup in the Smash Bros. series because so much happened with it, and it was kind of just a mess. Bring in so many different characters, so many different IPs to try and, like, celebrate. I mean, they brought in Bayonetta, which a lot of people love the Bayonetta series anyway, so it's like, it It makes sense. It was just getting so confusing because now we're playing around with these other things like that were well, weirdly, you know, Bayonetta had witch time, I think it's called, and slowing down people, thing, like additional mechanics for a character, and that was never present. Like there were some items that would slow down time. Like there were some additional things, but you could just kind of get rid of items and never play with that. At the end of the day, the characters were very similar where they had one or two they might have had one or two projectile moves, some of them didn't. And then, yeah, it was just, like, a mix of punches and kicks. There was no weird, fancy thingamajiggers going on with it. That kind of bayonetta introduced, Duck Hunt introduced it with, like, setting the barrels and things like that. So setting up these hazards. Like, Snake kind of played around with that, but then Snake was removed. So, okay, he's gone. So now we get back to the normal of just punching each other in the face. So that game was not a mess in a bad way, just a mess in, like, there was so much they were doing with one game. It was confusing of what is it? Where does it sit in Smash history? Because it's not just Nintendo celebrating Nintendo anymore. And that brings us to Ultimate. Coming out December 2018 is what they're saying right now. And I have to say, I've seen you know the releases. I've seen trailers, stuff like that, Nintendo Direct. I've seen that kind of stuff. And I'm excited for it. I am really excited for Ultimate. Because I think what Nintendo's doing... Like I said, personally, I think what Nintendo's doing, they're doing both things. They are appealing to fans of the competition, and they're appealing to fans for the nostalgia. And that's why I'm interested in it. So to break it down, they're introducing the tournament bracket again from Melee. If you want to do a really big, insane bracket like at home, they're bringing that back, which is pretty cool. Like I had fun playing around with that a little bit. I didn't get too much into it. So they're bringing that back, so you can actually do homebrew turns. Like I remember trying to do a tourney for Brawl. I actually had to like create the bracket myself and everything because the the tourney system in Brawl was weird that they had built in. So I was making my own brackets for it and everything. It was weird. So bringing back traditional tourney brackets is great. They're also bringing in you know like the last fighter standing. I think they call. It. I'm not sure exactly what they call, it, but I know what they do is let's say you have four people playing. Everyone picks a character to play as. When that round's over, those characters are now locked so you can't so if someone plays if you play Mega Man, Pikachu, Mario and let's say Bayonetta first match, those four characters now, Mega Man, Pikachu, Mario, Bayonetta are locked out and they cannot be played again until like, you know, the last man standing event's over. Which brings in some pretty cool competition rules. Some I know some competitions are when you enter the tourney, it's you pick your character and that's the character you have. But I know there's some tourney rules that say you pick a different character each match. So this kind of tickles that idea for homebrewed games that aren't at a tournament setting. So tourney players still get a helping there. They also brought something in that I I played and I know like the Marvel fighting games have. And, and I mean I remember from Soul Cal too, which is even the kind of squad based thing where you pick three or four, three to three or five fighters. And then you pit them against each So like there's one fighter on screen fighting, but then you can rotate the fighters out or when the first fighter dies, the next one comes in. So like one player is playing a whole team of characters. And I think that's a really cool idea because I remember like I played Soul Cal 2 a lot just for that, just for picking three people and just ha- going ballistic with it. I loved it. So there's all this stuff they're kind of bringing in and they're, you know, they're working on their matchmaking. They're tweaking it here and there. They're trying to make it a little more streamlined to appeal to those Competitive natured people, which is great. And at least people like me, you know, the nostalgia people who don't care for the competition, it caters to us because everyone's back. And that's what's really, you know, like getting me excited is that every character is back. If a character existed in a Smash Bros game, even Smash 4 with like, you know, Ryu, Cloud, and people like that, if they existed in a Smash Bros games, they are back for free. Like it's in the game when the game is shipped. We get Mewtwo without having to buy another game. We get Pichu back, even though he was handicapped. He was just fun to play around as. We get Ryu back. We get Cloud back. We get Doc Mario back. We still have Game and Watch. We get Rob. Like we get all these characters that we've got to experience over the Smash Bros. franchise are coming back. You know, even Lucas is back. And I know Lucas was DLC in Smash 4. They get to bring him back. And I loved playing Lucas in Brawl. So it's amazing to see all these characters come back. Again, to kind of like celebrate. Not even Nintendo, but Smash Bros. itself. And the time that Smash Bros. has existed. I mean, hell, if they really wanted to, original Smash Bros. came out in 1999. They, if they wanted to, Nintendo could have pushed the release of Brawl back a year into 2019 and call it a 20-year celebration of Smash Bros. And I think that would be just fine but since they're so close to release and they already set the date, they have to keep it December 2018. Still, though, like you know, we reach this point of 19 years of Smash Bros. we're kind of celebrating Smash Bros itself and then we're celebrating Nintendo even further cuz we look at these characters and I'm excited even though I didn't play the games so much. I'm excited for them. Ridley's coming in, King K rule's coming in. It's amazing cuz now these are games like Metroid, Donkey Kong to start, are games that a lot of us played as children for Nintendo, and we know those villains. And it was such a weird thing seeing the heroes of those games playing in Smash Bros., but we never had a chance to play as the villains. And what made it so weird is, let's talk Brawl again. You bring in King Dedede from Kirby, and even Meta Knight, because every now and then he played, like, the anti-hero. So we already saw that Nintendo was comfortable bringing in villains. Hell, we had Ganondorf in Melee, so we definitely know, like, Nintendo will bring in villains that you can play as in Smash Bros., so why not Ridley? Because Metroid's been around for a long time. Why not King K. Rule? People love Donkey Kong. It's been around for a long time. And hell, it's, you know, what was it, Tropical Freeze? Donkey Kong Country Returns? Like, DK's coming back strong. So why not give some love to King K. Rule? So now they're bringing in these characters from ages ago. Very old Nintendo games. It, it's kind of reigniting that celebration of what Smash Bros. 1 was. It's like, hey... Remember these games, you know, you've been playing these characters in Smash Bros. Remember the games that they came from? Remember those villains that you love that you've been talking about and requesting? Here they are. Let's let's pull out all the stops. And any big names from a big name Nintendo from a Nintendo game is going in. So we still got Bowser, we still got Mario, we still got Peach. Fuck it. Let's bring in Daisy as a Echo character. Why not? We still give you a DK, we're still giving you a Diddy, but you know what? We're gonna throw King K rule in there. That way you have the villain from Don uh, major villain from Donkey Kong. We're still going to give you Samus. We're still going to give you the Suit Samus. But you know what? Fuck it. Here's an Echo character, Dark Suit Samus, just because. Because she's pretty famous. And you know what? Here's Ridley. Because Ridley's been a big thing in Metroid for the longest time. So we'll just put Ridley in there. You can play as Ridley. I think it's amazing that Nintendo is having this chance to celebrate the tournament scene of Smash Bros., which has been huge for years, and then still celebrate... ...what Nintendo was long ago by bringing in all these characters and saying everything, you get everything at the start. I think it's going to be a major overload with so many characters and so many stages to play on. It's going to be a massive overload to take in. However, that will keep the game fresh for such a long time because there's so many stages and there's so many characters... ...and there's so many things you can do with multiplayer. I feel to really experience everything Smash Bros. has to offer it's going to take some time to really digest. It's going to take months of just sitting on the couch playing with friends like, oh, let's check this out. Let's try this. Let's do that. And that's only speaking of multiplayer. I don't know what they're doing for single player. I'm not sure if they released anything. I haven't dug around much for Ultimate News beyond just like the roster and stuff. So who knows what they're doing for single player? And it's going to be really interesting if they do something like Subspace Emissary again and give logic to how all these characters are interacting with one another. So I'm eager for it. I think Smash Bros. Ultimate is exactly that. It is the ultimate version of what Smash Bros. is and can be. It is everyone coming together to just fight it out, to be the man on top. All the stages are back. All the characters are back. There's no holding back anymore. You, you're going to pick up Smash Bros. Ultimate And find out who really is king or queen of Nintendo at this point. Because all the characters are there. And me personally, when Ultimate is launched, I am totally fine with Nintendo putting Smash Bros. to rest and putting on the shelf and not making another installment. Because after Ultimate and releasing a game that has everything Nintendo in it, there's really nothing more that they could do to improve it. So, I don't know about the rest of you, I don't have a Switch myself personally, but I know some people who do, and I know it's been a while since release, so I might look into purchasing a used one just so I can be ready f- to get my copy of Smash Bros. Ultimate. So I hope you all enjoyed kind of this peek into history of what Smash Bros. was and what it could potentially be with the release of Ultimate, and I hope you were all ex- as excited as I am. I know I don't sound it That's because I'm trying to talk clearly and when I get excited, I talk too fast and none of you want that. Make your ears bleed. So for now, take care. I hope you enjoyed listening. Next week, I got one or two games in mind that I might want to talk about. But again, I do put the email and the Facebook name at the end of the episode. So if you have any ideas, you can shoot me a message and I did not forget about YouTube. I'm still thinking about it. It's just instead of it just being the podcast where I'm talking I now have to make sure like it's video and there's images and stuff like that. There's an extra layer there and I'm a pretty slow guy at times. So more on that later. But anyway, hope you all enjoyed. So take care and I will see you all next week. Join us every Sunday at 8 p.m. for a new episode of Gaming Couch. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Gaming Couch for news and updates. And if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, shoot us an email at gamingcouchpodcast at gmail.com.